0: Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay. Pay. Jury. Jury. Daily. daily dot, com. dot com. Nailed it. Friends, welcome. Welcome to the Justin Robert Young podcast. My name is Justin Robert Young. The world is a swirl for me today. As I look over at my whiteboard, I see a big old goose egg on days until Raise the Dead launches. That is because, indeed, Raise the Dead has launched. Go get it right now. It's my brand new six part history podcast. Uh, available on its own feed. It is it is important that everybody in this initial surge goes and, uh, uh, you know, subscribes because it matters. Like Basically, the, the iTunes charts, they are determined by new subscribers. So the only time that we are likely without any kind of, if we get outside press, that'd be great. But, you know, you need to, Rank high to get outside press. So if you want to go listen to it, uh, uh, please go ahead. I'm going to tag the trailer at the end of this episode right here, which I think I said I was going to do yesterday, and I definitely didn't do. So I'm definitely going to do it today because I edited together a 60-second version. It's actually 70 seconds. Enough nonsense. The news, please. According to a new study, the most Ubered to destination for tourists is the Empire State Building. This has really ground the gears of some folks, specifically in New York City, that are vexed by the fact that Manhattan is indeed clogged with traffic. So why would you need to be adding More cars to the road for people to go see what is one of the most heavily covered public transportation spots in the world. Almost every train that runs on the MTA at some point is either a very quick stop or a direct drop-off in or around 33rd Street, which is where the Empire State Building is. And yet I am here to say... To all the car haters, sorry. These are the problems with centrally planned ideas. Some people just aren't into it. And maybe, maybe the system is a little complicated. Maybe, maybe this uh, subway is a little dirty. Maybe it's annoying and hard and intimidating. Indeed, I will say intimidating for people that have never interacted with the subway to get on it. And when we're talking about a worldwide tourist base, people come from all over the world to come see the Empire State Buildings. State Building is probably one of the most famous uh, buildings in the world. Not everybody can be expected to just go ahead and grab an MTA card and hop on. So some people got to take Ubers. It's fine. I don't know, man. This was uh, the senior senior non-car reporter for Jalopnik that wrote this story. Stop making excuses for tourists, he says. Midtown is the easiest place in the world to navigate. It's a grid system with numbered streets and avenues. Get on the subway. Get off at a stop with a number close to 33. Man, people who live in New York hate tourists. I mean, people who live in New York mostly hate each other. But they really, the one thing they can all agree on is that tourists suck. It's actually kind of fun to hate a tourist when you live in News! Headline from CNBC, the other college debt crisis. Schools are going broke. Oh, you know, I'm going to dig into this one, right? This is one of my hobby horses is slamming colleges. So let's just go ahead and read the the, the lead here. Small private liberal arts colleges, a staple of American academia since before the founding of the republic, are colliding with new realities, including changing demographics, ever increasing demand for technical skills and competition with bigger and richer schools. The result in many cases is not pretty. Moody's Investor Services estimates one in five small private colleges faces fundamental stress due to declining revenue, rising expenses, and literal little pricing power when it comes to tuition. Analysts project 15 of the colleges will have closed by 2019, the largest number in recent memory, and three times the rate in just over 10 years ago, which has no sign of letting up. No, I don't know what all these small liberal arts schools Are charging, but I will assume for the sake of this argument that it's more than you might expect to pay. I also am unaware of exactly how well they run their business because, indeed, if you are running any university, you are running a business. Now, public colleges are really public-private partnerships. They are organizations that are contracted with the government to take in X amount of money. But private schools are a business. Your product is what your degree is. Your degree, what you are selling, is more viability in the job market and being a better human. So guess what? People are starting to realize that maybe your product is, if not bad, if not useless, is overvalued. Oh, overvalued. I was thinking about this the other day because I guess I'm more dialed in with Syracuse because I, I went there and I perpetually uh, smile at their misfortune. But I realized that part of what Syracuse did with their money was they started dumping it into the safest possible thing you could. Real estate. Things that are always going to make money. Things that, by and large, as long as they are there, they own so much of the land around the university. As long as they are there, the university is there, everything will be valuable and they get to collect on it. Well, I'm assuming that some of these tiny liberal arts schools aren't working with that kind of money. And therefore... Did not foresee the time when maybe, maybe the rising cost in tuition would not match the value of their product. Boo-hoo. Now, I'm going to read you a headline. It is from the Daily Beast. An article written by style writer uh, Aliana Demopoulos. And here's the headline. Is that Canada Goose coat keeping you single? Here was my my, my first thought. Oh, my God. There's a coat that has goose in the title? Some of you may not know, but this is a running joke between me and my wife. That we keep calling each other a goose. It's a running thing. All relationships have these little inside jokes. This is one that has lasted for over four years. It is it is just really, in many ways, it outlived its usefulness. And it, there, there's times where it started actual fights. But yet, either of us can fully let it go. That we keep calling each other, not like a playful nickname, Goose. But rather that one or both of us are indeed... Animals that are pretending to be humans. We just gaslight each other into believing that they are a dirty British street goose named Hank from London. So I see Canada goose and I'm like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. I got to get me and Ashley Canada goose jackets. And then I actually read what a Canada goose jacket is. Well, first, it's uh, over a thousand dollars a piece. All right. A little steep, a little steep. But you want to know what a sturdy coat, a sturdy coat worthwhile, worth investing in a sturdy coat. Mm. And then I read the article. Yeah. If you came up to me and say, hi, and this is uh, talking to a, uh, a young woman in her late 20s in New York City who works at a gallery. If you came up to me and said, hi, Lily, I'm going to set you up on a blind date. And I went and saw somebody sitting across from me in a Canada goose coat. I'd have to ask, how would you feel if Freddy Krueger was sitting at a table waiting to bang you? I'm not going to have to go the other way. No, thank you. Not that I hate. And the problem is that she's a vegan. And apparently the Canada goose label has come under the use or or criticism for using coyote trim fur and goose down lining. Says Lily, it's similar to Silence of the Lambs with those human body suits. Considering the fact that my wife's a vegan, I think that the Canada Goose Jackets will have to remain an unbought $2,000 gag gift. I would like to thank our producers, Dustin, Robert H., Brian C., Trade the Milotic Command, Adam, Middle Aged Mike, and Harry Lee Smith. Of course, you can email me, at gmail.com. We're going to do emails again. Uh, Sorry, these last few weeks, man. I've been trying to survive, but we'll get back to doing emails on this show. Keep sending them. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat is Justin R. Young, and you can join our Discord, bit.ly slash jury Discord. I want to thank Sun Bun for getting us our New York City story. Uh, Open Bayou for our college is a sham story. And of course, Schlong. Oh, you can never get your name right, Schleyung, young Forgetting us our Canada Goose story. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. But more importantly, please no! Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> As a candidate, who is Trump more like? Kennedy or Nixon? 2016 is an election no one saw coming, but what if we were looking in the wrong direction? What if the only way to understand the biggest upset in presidential history is to find the time it happened before? That's what we're gonna do here. But unlike 2016, as we are in the 60th anniversary of the 1960 election, we know all the dirty details. For everyone else, it's just old news. And old news dies and becomes history. But on this podcast, oh yeah, we raise the dead. Moving again.